Blog Talk Radio. What's up, BTR and the world? It's Benny in the house. Colder than a, I won't say it here in Florida right now. We have a awesome guest on tonight, Miss Heather. Let me, before I make sure we got the sound on, Miss Heather Vale Goss is in the house. I think we got everything working. I got Carly back here running the switchboard. Thank you, Carly, for saving my ass here. I'll be back in a second, please. Great show tonight. Technology kicks my ass. What's up, everybody? Um, it has been a crazy week. My friggin' head, um, I, which brings us to the sponsor information because they pay the bills. I'm going to have to stop doing this. I mean, I love these guys, but I've been hanging with guys, Groovy Grab Bag out in fabulous South Beach again every Sunday in fabulous South Beach across from Hooters at the mobile location. Um, but by the time I leave there, my, Vinny's head feels like a friggin' Mack truck drove over it. And uh, But, again, 80 thing, 80% off, rather, everything electronic. Like I said, last week we had one of the members of the Miami Heat down there. We got all the Hooters girls down there, and they like to just feed Vinny drinks. And uh, we love Guy's Groovy Grab Bag. Again, every Sunday starts around noon. But uh, i got to take a break next week. I'm going to turn into a whoo. My God. But, uh, again, the Hooters girls come out and party there. The place is crazy. Again, the mobile location. And more importantly, everything is friggin' 80% off, peeps. Now, I had some joker say that the TV you buy at Guy's is probably the one your neighbor had in his house the day before. That's not true. The merchandise isn't hot. It's just price cheap. Let's get let's let's give guys groovy grab bags some props on that. What else? Okay, um, my licensing agent Bruce Savanti. I should also bring up Mel Cohen, but Bruce is the one who brought it up and said that I butchered the date of my boxing show. It's actually beginning in January. Boxing behind the eight ball, which will be syndicated, and um, I'm kind of sorry about that because I really wanted to get into the thorough consistent and otherwise major ass-kicking that Adrian the Problem Broner took last night in that fight. It was delightful to watch uh, that arrogant little prick get his come up, come up. Is that even a word, peeps? I don't know. You know Vinny can't use good English on that. Anyway, took an ass-kicking, and it was nice to see. Um, but we'll get into that. Again, the, the 12-month deal it will be syndicated and uh it will be on one of the major boxing sites boxingtribune.com again we're not in the pockets of any of the promoters or the fighters so you guys will get the real deal as we've been bringing you for five glorious years on this show what else was going on that we needed to bring up um barter arbitrage guys i i you know what 
as I've said before, I'll never go down as Frank Kern, but I can say one thing. Vinny's only put four products out in his life, and they've all been massive successes. I mean, I went out in a blaze of glory. I've, I've made money on every one of them, and I appreciate it. And, you know, there's a lot of little rumors flowing around that I sell the site and so forth. All you really need to be concerned about is that if you purchase, well, it's still up there. Um, I will be hanging around um, for the next year to continue with consulting. And I want to bring up one other thing about that. Uh, yes, it's true I took the baseball bat to the computer. Um, I know somebody posted on Facebook and actually witnessed me taking the baseball bat to the computer and I got a frigging actually job offer from the LAPD after I did it, which I turned down. But, yeah, I really did. Um, as you guys know on this show, sometimes I do lose my temper. I have broken cell phones. But the computer had a virus. And uh, during some really important negotiating, it wasn't working. I picked it up. I opened the French doors. Anybody who's been in my restaurant knows about the French doors. Opened it up picked the whole thing up, chunked it out there. That wasn't good enough. I grabbed the baseball bat I keep behind the bar, which I've never had to use, and I went to beating this computer like a redheaded stepchild. So it was true. It scared the waitresses. A lot of people got real quiet, and it's lucky it wasn't the 80s, and I was fired up on that Jack Daniels and disco powder. I probably would have broken some furniture and windows. Okay. Boy, Heather's going to be scared to death after all this. One other thing. Um, someone asked me about some, don't, guys, if you're going to give me TV shows to watch, do not ever give me, this is the most horrifying thing I ever watched. Somebody said, Vinny, you got to check out Naked and Afraid. Um, I checked it out, and my answer to the guy's question of what I thought is I think it's horrifying. These two people, and I use the term loosely, they're naked and they're afraid. They put these people on some island or something. They both look like Ron fucking Jeremy. And I mean like the old Ron Jeremy, not the 70s version. I'm talking old porn star Ron Jeremy. I mean, this is not attractive. It's nothing that I want to watch again. So some of you guys give me some good tips on shows, but, man, that sucked. That show is, I mean, again, we got to get, we got to, whoo, we got to get some, I'm sorry. It was just hard. I thought, I thought the girl was actually Ron Jeremy. I honestly got did. That was how bad. I mean, that, that, and then, you know, it just lost its effect with me. Anyway, that's about it, um, other than just a massive friggin' headache. So we're going to try to get through this. This is actually going to be very cool because, as all of you know who've been following me for five years, I suck at doing interviews. And this is going to be like an interview about doing interviews, sort of like the infomercial about doing infomercials. But as everybody kind of knows, um, as bad a job as I've done, I've managed to stay consistent, and I want everybody out there to realize that you guys are going to get to hear two sides of the coin. Um, you can be somebody like me that just has his shtick that stays consistent, and that's why I've built the following I have, that's, and I've parlayed it into being able to sell products, and it's led to getting you know heavyweight guests. I mean, you know, when we started out, we were booking like the stand-in for Jimmy Walker from Good Times, and then we moved on, you know, and got the started getting the heavyweight marketers, and it got to a point where it's kind of, as I've always said, the Larry King effect, you know, once you, he wasn't the greatest interviewer in the world, but, 
you become kind of well known just because of the company you keep and you know i've always actually wanted to have somebody on the show and by the way i know there's a i already know that's why i'm not taking phone calls did you book this girl because she's hot? I, I, do you guys honestly think Vinny's that shallow? Don't answer that question. Okay, as I've also told you guys, there's nothing better than having a what? A very attractive, a.k.a. brilliant, at the same time, female on the show. And so all you jokers, I don't even want to hear about it. Um, because I already know where this is all going. We've actually got somebody who is really, really good. And if you read the bio, I, I, I don't go through bios and stuff. And, and I'm going to bring one other subject up. Whenever I do an interview, and I've gotten better, I mean, my stuff, you know, even that last one with Brad Goss, we do no preparation. I have not talked to Heather except for literally 30 seconds before the show. Have no clue what we're going to go into. Much like the interview last week with Brad Goss, which went from porn to bitcoins to Flickr, to some IPO he's working on. And, you know, the point I'm trying to make with all this is that you guys, really, audio is a powerful medium out there. And, again, it's just a medium, but it's a powerful medium that's becoming very, very popular. This particular lady I have on is one of the best in the business at creating that kind of rock star content that really can, you know, kind of propel you up that stairway to heaven, as they say. And, um you can really do some massive things with it. I mean, this show is responsible for, for much of all the success that I've had. And um, I don't even do a real good job as far as the interview process. I mean, I still look back at that, you know, like Jamie Minton interview, and it breaks my heart because it was just God. I was like, oh, Vinny, you know. And I've gotten better. But it's going to be nice to hear from somebody tonight. I'm going to bring her on and quit yapping, but um, I want everybody to pay attention because you can use this mechanism that I use, and I'm living proof that if you have a message and you keep it real, I mean, some of you guys have been with me. I have over, we, we're surpassing with this show 500,000 archive shows. That's a shitload of listeners. And uh, we have pretty much been the top-rated marketing show almost out of the gate, I think after about the third show. I mean, we've probably had 30, 40 number one shows, and there's a lot of uh, BTR shows out there. There's also a lot of other platforms out there, which I'll get into with Heather. Um, but I want you guys to realize that you can use this medium not only for products, but to build you know, authority, status, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Heather Vale Goss is a badass, I'll just say it. She's very, very good at what she does, much more polished than what I do, and she actually is a professional at it. But I think she'll be able to give you guys some insight of how, if you've got a message, you can, you can get it out there. So, Heather, it is awesome to have you on. And, no, I didn't book you just because you're beautiful. And, by the way, that picture, man, I, got, I mean, wow, you're, you're looking like a million bucks. Nice to have you on. Uh, thanks, Vince. Nice to be on as well. Uh, it's interesting. You said attractive, aka brilliant. You know, well, it was a bad use of bad use. <laughs> yeah, I was about my my. You know, my English sucks. I meant to say, <laughs> I have this theory called the Red Bull theory, where if more men would realize that attractive women that are smart make better salespeople than we do, because I literally still have a case of Red Bull. That's how they used to market the drink. They'd send the cute girl in, and I'm, I don't need the Red Bull. And after I drank one, it was like being on speed for three days. They're still sitting in the closet 12 years later, but she made the sale. So 
some people get offended by that, but it really isn't. It's my point is that a lot of these guys would be well-versed to realize that a sharp female can really, in many ways, outsell a lot of us guys. And um, I have, I've had this debate with men before, just real old school, oh, no, no, no. And I say, yes, 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 because it's the truth. So, no, I meant to say attractive and brilliant, not AK. My apologies. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Well, you know, we all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses, and as far as I'm concerned, you play to your strengths, and if someone happens to be attractive, whether male or female, and if that helps, then go for it. That's right. Daniel, don't hate you because you're beautiful. That's what I was saying about the start of the show. Well, tell us a little bit. You're you're multi-faceted in terms of the media, so you've done, I mean, literally – writing and and uh, the tv and the print and give us a little background and and you've been doing this for a while now um yeah yeah kind of give us a give us a little background (laughs) of how you kind of started what a few of the things that you've done and and take us through that because again you're as far as the media usually you get somebody who's just done this or that you pretty much encompass everything yeah i've worked in all media you know howard stern says he's the king of all media I'm not going to say I'm the king or the queen. I really hate that royalty stuff, but I have worked in all media professionally. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I started off in TV 20 years ago. I had a TV show that ran for three and a half years. It was all about what was cool and happening in Toronto. And I produced it. I hosted it. I edited it because if if I didn't edit it, it wasn't going to air. Wow. And I was actually the primary camera person for a lot of it, and that was way back in the beta cam days. I don't know if you remember. Like, I, well, cameras. you know, I used to be in the adult industry, and I know a little bit about the beta cam days. Yeah. But that was the, yeah, yeah um, that's fascinating. And can I ask you, I, I know I've only been to Toronto once, and Toronto, uh, the most exciting thing for me up there was the strip club, and I was young, so I mean, it's not my oh, thing I now. Thought, but that's I like the strip club capital of the world. It what is, did you, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of strip clubs. And you know what? And in Canada, the rules are different, too. Like, there's full nudity allowed and stuff. So There is or isn't? Yeah, there is. It's, full, it's, pretty, it's pretty liberal as far as what they're allowed to right, do. Right, right, right. So, yeah. I didn't know if they'd change that policy. I knew that because I knew that I had met a lot of girls down here that have made the trip up. Yeah, up. i got to make to get that right, up to Canada. Uh and have done really well there at some of the, the, the higher-end clubs and so forth. So you actually had this show out that you're doing. But, you know, that's a, actually that type of gig right there pretty much breaks you right in the hard way um, because you're literally yeah. a one-woman one show here, it sounds like, everything. Yeah, well, I mean, I had a team, but I was training people. I trained all my reporters. I took them from just, okay, you don't really know how to be on camera to turning them into polished reporters who actually came across professional I trained half of them to be camera people as well. So, yeah, I was constantly training people. That it, it, the stuff isn't that hard, really. I mean, right. I, love, I love learning from just basically jumping into the deep end and sink or swim. That's how I do everything. So. Yeah, I'm kind of the – I've <laughs> never been the, the, the – what do they call it, the aim-ready fire guy. I'm just the opposite. I'm fire-ready aim. And, and, I've, I've, yeah. and sometimes that, you know, I regret that. And other times, um, it's just the best thing for me. Now, what's your background? Did you go to school? Um, was this something you just jumped out of high school to do, or was this a college that you went through to learn some of the skills or what? Well, well funny enough, actually, I did my first video interview in high school. It was part of my music class my final year, and 
I wanted to do something different, so I went to Toronto, and there was a band that I had known. They're called New Regime, and they were traveling with Platinum Blonde. And I wanted to kind of break down a song for just to show, okay, this is what the drum is like, this is the bass, this is the guitar, and then right. put it all together. So that was my basically my final year music project. But I didn't realize until a few years later that that, that was what I wanted to do. It just kind of all came together. I started off modeling, and then I tried acting, and it was fun and everything, but I just couldn't get into being somebody else, and right. I realized I wanted to be myself. So Right. Yeah. That's for that's that's right. That's I'm, I'm not surprised about the modeling at all. It's a tough gig. I mean, um, l- let me ask you now. So you started off. Now, are you Canadian or? Yeah. So I've got yep. two Canadians in a row on the show. Now I got to ask you the next I know. question. Are, are you and, French and Canadian? And two Canadians with the last name Gus, by the way. I know. Mm-hmm. Except you so don't I have the E on the. Yeah, yeah, okay, but I got to ask you. I got to ask you a really serious question. Are you French Canadian? Um, and no, but I can but talk thank French God. again because they can, uh, you know, they, they talk don't like this. <laughs> they don't I tip. I just had to I make sure. Don't. I know. <laughs> and they don't let you speak French. When I went to Montreal, I would try to speak French, and they'd look at me and say, do you want me to speak English? And it's like, okay, <laughs> apparently my French is not good enough. <laughs> I was in love with a girl in high school named Carla Muir, and the only class I could get with her was French, was a French class. So I take four years of friggin' French, and I don't think I got past first base. So that was a waste <laughs> because most people I know speak, you know, the Spanish. I should have took Spanish, yeah. but like a dumbass, yeah. I took French. So okay. how long did you stay up in Canada doing this stuff? I just came down to the U.S. in 2007. So oh, wow. So we got to, a little ground to cover. So you went, how did you, I mean, that's kind of a, you're doing, the, you're doing the TV show and so forth and so on, and then you got into, it looks like on your bio you've done a lot of writing. So, I mean, a lot of people yeah. like me hate, I, I'll, I mean, I'll be honest with you, uh, the guys usually JV partners say, Vinny, you've got to put some PDFs in the product. I just loathe it. I mean, I like strictly audio, but uh, so it, it takes a talent to do both. A lot of people can't do audio, can write well, but there's not many that do them both well. So um, that's a pretty cool, uh, tr- just the, the the fact that you can do them both is pretty awesome, and, and you've written for some pretty prestigious publications, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, like I've always been a freelance journalist, so I've never been owned by any of them. Right. So, um, and even to this day, I mean, I love writing because I can sit down and I can t- turn out a piece and, like, I can just be in my own world. And it kind of sounds weird, but, like, I don't always like doing audio or doing video because it's a completely different mindset. Like, I can write yep. when I'm just in whatever mood that I want to be in. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Whereas if you're on camera, you got to have a certain look. And if yeah. you're doing audio, your voice, you better not have strep throat. I had to cancel. Yeah. In fact, I canceled the show with Brad before last week because I had that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, it definitely um, um, puts a, you know, a monkey in the wrench or whatever you want to call it. But how did you put this all together and, decide, and turn it into, this is where I'm going to take this now, um, you're right. You've been. You've done the television. You've done all this stuff. Where at or at what point did you decide? Okay, this is what I'm going to do to you know so they don't come repo my furniture. This is how I'm going to make my money. Um, did you? Where was the you know kind of the light bulb moment? You said I've got some skills that are I can take some concerted action in the marketplace and make some bling with. 
Well, okay, there was a couple light bulb moments. The first literal light bulb moment, like I'm telling you, I actually had this flash. Like, <laughs> like yeah. literally, so, it felt like someone whacked me across the head. was actually about probably eight, nine, ten years ago, I was listening to Jack Canfield do a teleseminar, and he was talking about something or other, and suddenly I realized, wait a second, I'm supposed to create content online for doing interviews. And there was, like, at that point, I had already done online. I did online back in the late 90s. We tried to do, like, an online TV station in Canada. And it went really, really well, except then the dot-com crash came along, and we were going to get sponsors, and, you know, everything fell apart. And so after that, it's like the last medium I hadn't worked in was was radio. And I thought, okay, I really want to work in radio. And I'm the type of person that I just – I just go out and do it. If I want to do it, I just go out and do it. I love so I just it. Went I, mean, out. I got yeah, myself a radio gig. <laughs> I worked my way up. I was like news anchor on the top radio stations in Canada. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you know, and then I decided, okay, you know, been there, done that. And then along came the internet. I went back into the internet the second time. That's when the Jack Canfield thing, and it's like, wham. So I decided, okay, I'm going to do a podcast, and I called it Success Unwrapped, and it was all about success, like basically interviewing personal development experts about right, how right. to be a success. So, or And, and just, just successful people in general. So Did you I did start that off, podcast. let me stop you real quick. Did you start off on this with, when, with this idea of interviewing these success gurus or whatever with the mindset that you were going to turn that into or monetize it somehow, or was that just something that you were into and just because like with my show, I never really started it with the objective that five years later that show would have this, uh, a show like this would have caught, you know, created a lot of the success I've had. So I'm just curious, did you start out with a, did you have like an end goal in mind? Did you have it all mapped out, or did you just kind of shoot from the hip and do this? Both. So I okay. had, originally I thought I was doing it to be a book. And really? that was and and that yeah and I was going to interview people and turn the transcript into a book, and then I realized okay here's this podcasting thing it doesn't make sense to be interviewing these people and not putting it out there like why aren't I putting it out so I did the podcast and then after like a year I realized um, hmm so now I'm putting all this great content out there and I don't know how to monetize it so I came up with a monetization strategy that worked really well. But then that's the point where I switched from personal development to Internet marketing, and I did an Internet marketing podcast, Internet Marketing Unwrapped. But that one I did more as a live teleseminar series. So I took the teleseminar model that Telman Knudsen and Harris Feldman and these other guys were doing at the oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was more successful because the problem with personal development was at the end of my podcast, I could talk about they had this book on Amazon or whatever, and it's like, okay, I can right. make 14 cents. You know? Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, and, you know, yeah. you bring up a good point about that because the problem, you know, I remember Gary Halbert saying a line that I think was brilliant. He said, you can't jerk around with the American public anymore. I'm sure he meant Canada, too. But that was his quote. He said, they are not going to shell out their hard-earned money for theory. They will, however, pay money to hit a golf ball 300 yards, get thin, uh, score a hot date, et cetera, et cetera, make money, you know, and, and, and I think 
that's something a lot, I, I, I talk to a lot of people that get into these real esoteric, they, 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 I mean, I get emails all the time, do you think this is a, you know, and it's a real esoteric kind of theory-based subject, and while they're fun to do and you can find plenty of experts, you just nailed it right there. That's one of the issues you have. You've got yeah. to really, and there's so much competition, and it's so watered down, you know, um, you know, unless you really can make the big score or have something really polarizing and different, it's a tough market to crack, and I tell people that. However, if you come in and can, again, show somebody how to make legitimate money or, again, hit the ball better than Tiger Woods or whatever, you're, you're, I think you're, your foundation's better. So I, I, that yeah. sounds like you made the better choice there. Well, okay, but there's a couple more light bulb moments here. So the first light bulb moment was, okay, I can't make money as an affiliate marketer with personal development products at that time. Maybe now right. it's, it's different. You know, there's more, there's more online products that people can sell as far as personal development goes. But at the time, it was pretty much Amazon books. However, I realized the content itself is worth something. So what I did was I would broadcast only the first third of the interview the, the teaser clip, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so it was like if it was an hour-long interview, I'd give them 20 minutes for free. If it was, you know, 45 minutes, I'd give them 15 minutes for free. And then if you want the rest, here's my membership site, and all the interviews are there as well as all this other stuff. So I monetized it by making it into a membership site instead of just doing a podcast. So I had the podcast and the membership site. That's very, that's very cool. I like that. that that's actually very yeah. cool. Yeah, and then was uh, then I decided okay, but as far as the internet marketing goes, like really my heart is in content rather than marketing. So now right, you told me I that. can actually Ex yeah explain so that to I people. Explain that to people okay. for a second because that confused me a little bit when we talked. When I kind of you know I'm I'm wrapping back and forth with you by PM. You said I'm really more into content than marketing, and that kind of even threw me for a loop. So why don't you explain to people what that means? Yeah. Okay. Because so it confused me, not that that's hard. but Yeah, yeah, okay, well, <laughs> basically let's look at it this way. There is no marketing or sales if there's no content. That's so true. Okay. either online, on, online we're either marketing and selling content, and I'm going to say content is anything in the arts and entertainment field, anything informational, anything kind of non-tangible, we're going to call that content, whether it's okay. a movie, whether it's an album, whether it's, uh, an info product, whether it's a book, where that's all content. Gotcha. Now, if if you're selling something tangible like a barbecue, that's we're not going to call that content. However, it doesn't sell without content being wrapped around it. So, someone who's got this barbecue company, they're right. going to have okay. Here's a recipe book about how to make all these great grilled meats and fish on your on your right. special barbecue that we sell. Or there's going to be articles about how to barbecue, how to grill, how to, how to get that perfect steak. So there's content that supports the product. So we're either selling the content or we're selling with the content. Gotcha, and exactly. If you take it, and if you take it one step further, I mean, I, like I say to people, I go to seminars and stuff, and they'll go, what are you? And I'm, I say, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer, I'm an interviewer, I'm a content creator. And they say, oh, do you write copy? And right, say, yeah, that was no. going to be a question I had for you, but I, I, I get it, I think. I actually sort of get it. That was a great explanation right. on it. Right, so, so what I say to them is, no, I don't write copy, I write content. But there's a caveat there because the best copy is content heavy. 
And right. the best content is coffee heavy. I mean, the best content sells something, really. That's the whole Absolutely. point. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so it's, they're intricately woven together, but they're separate in their approach. They're separate in their mindset. Wow, the sister just said something there, peeps, if you all were paying attention. Um, wow, that's, that's, that's really good stuff. The sister said something there. Now, listen, um, one of the things I noticed that wasn't on your bio, and it is something I've done on the side, and, I mean, Ron Douglas, who I've had on the show, who's a real big, I mean, one of the great, I mean, he got, he sold whatever, how many cookbooks on with Simon & Schuster. I'm not talking e-books, I mean hard copy. Um I actually heard him mention my example on a, one of his speeches at some one of those high-priced seminars or something, but it goes, I won't even go into what we did, but it was basically hiring picketers outside an adult club to get them free press. But my point about all that is it, I, I love publicity and so forth, and when I'm looking at your credentials, I am amazed that, and maybe you have done it, but you would have made one hell of a publicist, or still would. Yeah, so, well, see, again, this is this is a different approach. So a mm-hmm. journalist is not a publicist, and a publicist right. is not a journalist. A publicist will take journalism training so that they can spin things in a certain way, mm-hmm. but, but journalists, and, and myself as a content creator, I'm really a journalist. Right. You know, it's really about this is this is what it is. It is what it is. Now, yes, okay, there's going to be some spin. There's going to be some slant. Like none of it, we can't write without our personal slant being in there. And obviously, if we're writing about something, then it's going to have even more of a slant. If it's if it's writing to promote something, you know, article marketing stuff like that. Sure. But but if it's the content that people are actually paying for, like this is my book, this is my ebook, this is my report. As far as that goes, I consider pretty much, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, at the end you might upsell something, but the content portion of it should be as informative, as helpful, as as full of meat as possible. Like I don't care about the sizzle. Take out the sizzle, leave right. the sizzle to the end. You can't tell me it's sell the sizzle, not the steak, because in the content, it's about the steak. Uh, absolutely. I agree with that. I, I, I actually, I, I, there's a lot about that cliche I've never quite agreed with. Um, I mean, on face value, it sounds good and impresses girls at cocktail parties, but it's not always the way it is, and I agree with you on that. Um, let me ask you this. If somebody, say, wanted to hire Heather, what, what do you bring to the table? I mean, what, what kind of clients do you deal with? Let's, we'll make this a little more real for people because it's, really, okay. it's really cool stuff. I'm really well, enjoying okay. this. Okay, so I think that, honestly, I cannot think of anyone who is in my league as far as a freelance interviewer online. And that sounds really egotistical, but the fact no. is I don't, I don't know anyone else who is being hired by top marketers to create content for them. My clients have been Mark Joyner, Brad Callen, wow. Rick Raddatz, um, Paul Smithson from Excite Pro Club. I mean, I have worked for a lot of the big names. Alex Mondosian has hired me, Ken MacArthur. And, you know, it just it's never-ending because they know if I want a good interview series, if I want good content for my membership site, for my info product, whatever it happens to be, they know that if they contact me and put it in my hands, they're getting professional, sellable content that that people generally don't ask for refunds. This is this is the real key. I right. teach how to get better content 
Like content, okay. Anyone can create content. Yes. Anyone yep. can create probably content that sells. Absolutely. Yep. But if but you the want refund rate, that, yep. that the refund rate and word of mouth, if you want people out there going, oh, my God, like people say to me all the time, oh, wow, I still have your interviews from six years ago that you did for Brad Callen. Oh, my God, they're still relevant. Those are awesome interviews. Like that's, that's hard to get. You gotta, you gotta really that's one of the greatest compliments it. I ever get, and I, and I don't think I do it on your scale, but I do have people that will write back and say, God, I love that interview from four years ago. And when you hear that, like it's yes. still relevant, that's like the greatest compliment anybody can give you when stuff that you're talking about four years ago. I mean, I was talking about cash for gold, the scam. I, I was telling people years ago uh, about PayPal when people were telling me I was nuts about the PayPal freezes and stuff. And when you have people tell you years later, later um it is it's the ultimate con it really is it's you know again i i don't get it on your level because i just keep this show pretty simple but um let me ask you a question take one of these like marketers you're talking about say uh whoever um i i'll let you pick he calls you up and says uh, heather i've got this project um and say it's an internet and say it's an info product okay i don't know i assume you know because you do work with internet yeah. marketers what would he have you do Specifically. Okay, so, so pick one out and just we'll take us through it if you want to. Okay, sure. Okay, so Mark Joyner, a couple of years ago, I was doing his systematic traffic product, which was a monthly mm -hmm. DVD product. So every month I would interview by webinar one right. expert on, on traffic, and then I would do a, kind of like a news anchor sitting at the desk session with the camera. So it would be, first of all, I'd introduce, this is the guest we're going to talk about, this is his expertise, blah, 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 what we're going to learn. And right. then, then would come the webinar, and then at the end I would sum it up and say, okay, so step by step, let's recap what he said. First you do this, then you do this, then you do this, 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 this. So that was the content. That's that that's that's awesome. So really, the con it wasn't even Mark Joyner so much as it was you, and right. and Mark Joyner is leveraging his name, but you're actually in well, the trenches, Mark, actually putting putting the con yeah. I mean the actual content together. It sounds like right. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark hosted the first maybe five or six of them, and then Mark realized, as most brilliant marketers do, yes. that he did not have the time to do this, and it was not the best leverage of his time. Right. So, exactly. So he asked he, me he actually he actually paid attention to Simpleology, his own product. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, remember, I love that product. <laughs> and he knows that if you're going to get someone to take over what you're doing, you better get the best. And and honestly, he said to me, "You're the only person that I would trust to do this besides me." So it wasn't going to be him. So therefore, it had to be me. <laughs> You know, like I said, it ain't bragging if it's true. I love, you know, I, I have begged people. I have had some big time. Jim Straw, before he died, who had done half a billion dollars. And, and even Jim, I finally I said, Jim, it's okay. You know, you, you know it's cool to say. If you're, if you're great at something, there, I mean, I, 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 you know, it's the people that shamelessly plug themselves that have absolutely no credentials that drive me crazy. But if you're oh, really the best at what you do, you should let the world know about it because there's nothing wrong with that. And I get... God, I get these, when I get a humble guest on that just, they're like frightened to say, hey, I'm a badass at something. You know, I'm not good at a lot of things, but what I'm good at, I'm not afraid to tell people. Um, right, and, and that's I, what and, I was saying at the beginning. It's like we yeah. all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, so you play to your strengths. And if you're really good at something, like honestly, you shouldn't be doing something if you're not the best in the world or can't 
you can't foresee yourself as being the best in the world at what you do. Absolutely. Now, your style of hosting this show, you're the best in the world at being Vegas Fest. Like, no one Absolutely. else can do that, right? So there's yes, certain that's things true. you're going to say, certain things, certain guests that you're going to get, certain conversations you're going to have. And if someone else comes along and is like, well, I can do what Vinny does, um, no. Really well, they've tried, but it hasn't worked out too well. Yeah, exactly. And, and you shouldn't be, and that's another thing that you bring up a good point. You shouldn't, and that's kind of where I want to get into it too for other people out there is, is you're not, you know, the old style you often imitate and never duplicate. Nobody's going to duplicate. First of all, I wouldn't recommend anybody try to duplicate my, my style because you're going to piss off half the population. And Heather is, is a natural um, who worked her ass off to, to do what she does. But I think there is a place for everybody out there that that enjoys even the audio part of it or whatever that can take advantage of the mediums and do a lot of the things that you do on a, on a grander level by far than I do but the same thing I mean you can really leverage it up because you make a good point once you start working or in my case once you started I'll use my example and then yours you start getting a big marketer on your show it's real easy, and you start getting the listens, and then you screenshot the number one show or whatever. I used to do that back in the day. I don't even bother anymore. But it's real easy to get the next guy to do the show. I mean, and then after a while, I had people actually emailing me, can I do your show, which just freaked me out. I mean, that was after a couple of years. I mean, it didn't happen overnight. But I kept yeah. with the, you know, and the same thing, and okay, the same so thing with you. you. You've got the big names, and I think success begets success is what I'm saying. So you get more right, and you get a – Honestly, I wouldn't suggest that people start off trying to be a freelance interviewer. Like you really have to no. – you have to establish yourself first. You have to create a track yeah. record first. So go out yep. and do your own stuff. Do your own content and make it as good as you can. And once you've done product after product after product, then you can go to someone and say, okay, look – Here's the samples of what I've done. Here's what the sales records were. Here's what people said about Here's the testimonials. Sure. Hey, you know, would you like for me to do your interviews? Like, you know, it, it's a process. It's not just jump in and, and tell someone, yeah, hire me to do interviews. <laughs> no, exactly. No, I didn't. No, no. That's not what I Yeah, exactly. People think it's the easiest thing in the world. Oh, yeah, just pick up the phone and talk to someone. Well, okay, yeah, maybe, but if you're selling the content, here's where the distinction comes. Exactly, yeah. There's content for entertainment, which primarily we would hope that the content for entertainment is going to sell something. It's going to promote something. So that's that's where you get shows like this. That's where you get teleseminar series. That's where you get webinars. Anything that's free to attend, and then there might be something for you to purchase or consider at some point, whether it's through advertising, whether it's a pitch at the end, whatever it happens to be. And right. then there's, and then there's what, you know, I'm going to call it premium content, paid content, content that people actually pay for the content. Yeah. They're not paying because of the content. They're paying for the content. Now, that's at a completely different level. And if you're going to create content that people are actually paying for, you better be delivering stuff. I have listened to so many info products that, in fact, one guy used my unwrapped, my my branding unwrapped, and I said, okay. Yeah, I like you're that. You're going to have to tell us about that. Tell us, tell the story, yeah. and I want to hear about the. I love that. I love that. Okay, so so he had this product, something rather unwrapped, and I said, okay, since you're using my branding, you have to let me hear the product. 
So I listened to it, and, and I swear there was not a single thing that I learned from listening to those interviews. And I'm like, this is not unwrapping. This is dumping. No, that sounds like opening like, a Trojan like condom. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally, yeah. No, that's that's exactly true. That's exactly yeah. true. And, and you're right about that. There is a big difference between just, you know, shooting the shit over the air with somebody in an informal setting, which is what I like to do. It works for me because over a period of time. I think it's real important for people, like I said, they've got to be, I really think you've got to be real. I used to say if you're promoting yourself as a fitness guru, and forgive me for my language, but your ass takes up three bar stools, um, you're a fraud, and eventually you're going to get found out. And I think that people have to whatever their subject, you know, everybody says, oh, find your passion, the money will follow. Well, not always because your passion may suck. I mean, your, your passion may be why bumblebees bumble, and there's just not a market. But for the rest of the people out there, I think it's um, – it's a good blueprint just if, you, if you've got something that you're passionate about, that you're knowledgeable about, that key, again, having some knowledge, and you even start doing some free talks, whether it's on BTR or whatever platform you choose, um, I, think, I think it can be parlayed up. I mean, I know it can be. But, again, a lot of people come up with some real funky um, God. I mean, you know, like uh, why hummingbirds hum and things that, I, you know, yeah. that I have to explain okay, to them, so- you know. Right, like I've got this ongoing debate that I've been bringing up in my interviews for years, and I call mm-hmm. it passion versus profit. So, like some uh, yeah. people say, do what you love and the money will follow. And that's what I call the passion camp, where they're all about find your passion, follow your yeah. passion. And then the other side of the coin is, okay, do what is profitable. So do your keyword research, do your market research, figure out right. what people will pay for, and that's what you focus on. And ideally it comes down to a balance. Yes. But Yes, there are people that will teach one or the other black and white. It's like go for the money regardless of your passion or go for your passion regardless of the money. Usually at either end of the scale, it's going to fail. I agree. If you can find that middle ground, then, yeah, you're golden. I think that that's so. a brilliant point right there because you're right. I, there are people that, that go one after the other, but it doesn't work because if you're doing something, talking about something that you totally hate, people know when I'm talking about barter and my product, I got 20 hours, so I actually, my refund rate is 3% on my product, which, which is very, I mean, exceedingly low. Um, but that's because I've, I, I'm passionate about talking about it. I also know about it, so I found that, that middle ground for my subject and a few others. But if you're, yeah, if you're talking about something that just bores the maggots off a corpse to you, it's going to come across to everybody else, and you're just, and they, but people aren't, I, I don't know if it's a sixth sense or whatever, but they can feel the passion. They can also feel somebody that's just like, you know, robotically reciting uh, like a textbook or something. And, and I think you're right, you've got to find that middle ground. And when you do, you know, then you can take advantage of some of these, uh, you know, uh, as David Bullock said, nowadays we're in 2013 you know, or whatever. He said the barriers to entry to the market are 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 vast now. I mean, it's 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 a lot different than it was 10, 20 years ago. Um, you yeah. know, we have 24 yeah. seven media going. It's not Walter Cronkite anymore. And and you know, in many ways, everybody bitches. Oh, there's so much this and that. But I I, I like to tell these people. I said, you know, really, there's no excuse anymore because. Your barrier entry, you've got the same opportunities. Now, granted, they have more money, spending power, and so forth, but you've got the same barriers of entry as these corporations or anybody else does now. I mean, you've got the same right, access yeah, to Yeah, okay, the- so, but, I mean, there's a few things to consider. First of all, Warhol said many years ago in the future everyone's going to be 
famous for 15 minutes. And, yeah, sure. we've been there. Yes. Yep. We're in that age where, yes, everyone is famous in their own circles at least for at least 15 minutes, probably more. Yeah. But, you know, just because there's no barrier for entry doesn't mean that everyone should go out there and just randomly throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Oh, I agree. You know, I agree with that. Like, and, no, yeah. I agree with so that. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that's what tends to happen a lot of the time. And, yep. you know, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, most of that shit's going to fall off the wall. And <laughs> what sticks is actually the quality content where people are actually learning something. People are actually being entertained. People are getting something out of it. Like, time... Time is very valuable. So if we're going to spend our time consuming content, which you have to, because content is not a pill. You can't just swallow it and, oh, I suddenly know everything that was in this book. If you're going to spend your time consuming it, it better be worth your time, or that's just not fair. It's, it's, it's No, I agree. And they're not going to so, – and, and, and by the way, you, again, back to Gary Halbert, you jerk around with the public. They're, you're, you're not – you may make that initial front-end sale, but – you're, you're not going to have longevity in the business. And I think the really good, and again, I'll use the word marketers, but the good, whatever, insert whatever word you want, um, the ones that, you know, last and stand the test of time are people that, you know, quality does in the long run trump everything yes. else. I mean, you can get away yeah, with smoke absolutely. and mirrors. We can all score. We can all go out there and put a cl- – I've seen uh, – there's something on ClickBank or something. It looks like a brother and sister. I swear to God, I thought they were going to make out. It looked like a porn video almost, and they're talking about these instant commissions, and we're not doing it for the money, and this and this, and they got the, you know, the Ferraris, and it's so cheesy. I laughed. And, uh, and, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I bet they sold a ton of these to the suckers. And, you know, some of these people are as equally guilty as these people promoting it for being just naive enough to think that the money falls from the sky. Now, granted, these two might make a score here, but they're not going to, you know, two years from now, we're not even going to know who they are. The FTC will probably have their ass in jail. So I think you're right. I mean, I, I think the, the emphasis should always be on if, and I've always, that's why I've only put out four things, and by the way, I'm not putting out anything else again. Um, I just do the private coaching now, is because if you don't, you know, if you don't put the very best you got into it, it, it re, I really do find it offensive. I mean, I, I mean there is yeah, some real yeah, bullshit on the market. Yeah, exactly, and it goes back to what you said earlier. People see through it, and I think people's CF meters are really getting a lot better now than they used to be. So there was a time, Absolutely. you know, a few years ago, we had like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to throw this down as an example, but I will anyway. Yeah, yes, do I it. Do. I love it. It's my show. The you can say anything you want. <laughs> the rich jerk. I mean, okay. Yes, he was. Yes, he was presumably teaching stuff that people could actually duplicate, but the whole rich jerk thing was, okay, we're not going to tell you who it is, and he's hiding behind it and whatever, and and it it all became like, let's see how provocative we can get. Okay, that sort of thing will not fly anymore, and there was a lot of stuff that a lot of people followed suit. In fact, I, I remember countless examples of things, like one was called Veronica's Closet or Veronica's or something or other. And yeah, like, I, yeah I think I know which one you're talking about there, too. Yep. Yeah, it's like, okay, there, there's nothing female about this. Like, it's obviously a fake person. It's obviously a man behind it. People just see right through that. And nowadays, I don't think most of that would fly. And you're right about uh, the rich jerk because Kelly Felix, for those of you who don't know, is the rich jerk. That's his real name. 
Or we, or so I assume it's his real name. But he was hiding it at the time, and it's like, oh, come on, just be Kelly. And it was it was interesting, compelling copy that I thought was amusing, and I'm sh- and it, but he later, um, from from what I understand, after that had some real bad financial issues because uh, what how do you how do you continue on with that gimmick that's almost like a one shot you know and he may have turned yeah. it around since then but he actually came out and said that I mean he was I I don't know if he was damn near broke but. This guy sickled through some money, and then he didn't yeah. have anything else. Because what are you going to do, rich jerk too? I mean, what, yeah, you know, exactly. it was. And, and I think we're going to have to credit social media with a lot of this, but it's mm-hmm. really hard to kind of hide with social media being out there. Like it's making us yep. all more honest, more authentic, more yep. visible, more transparent. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, obviously, we want to put our own boundaries up and not go too far. Well, you ain't but seen my YouTube videos yet because <laughs> I date a porn star, and we, we, and see, and that's great because it's like, you know, I push the envelope as far as I could push it up there, and I don't care. I mean, they're not bad videos. There's no nudity. It's just me, and I just happen to have a, you know, and that's on again, off again anyway. So, but you're right. Yeah, it's so it's transparency. Is, you can't hide behind yeah. your, you know, desk with the nine, you know, uh, it, it, it's like, it's like I, there was, I, I swear to God, I use it, it, an example, but I know it's true. There's like guys writing dating books and the last date they had was with their cousin at seventh grade because their mom made her take them and they're living home with nine cats and a crossword puzzle. Yeah. And, and you're going to get exposed now. And, and I think what Heather's saying is, we're, today, I mean, and this should be obvious, but unfortunately it's not to a lot of people. You, you can't, you, again, if your ass takes up three bar stools, people, don't position yourself as the second coming of uh, Christy Brinkley or whoever or Suzanne Summers or whatever, because it's, it's, you're going to get exposed. And you've got to keep it real for better or worse, I think, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that brings us back, I mean, this is the third time we've mentioned this, but we all have strengths and weaknesses. You play to your strengths and not your weaknesses. Yeah, and, I love that. You know, yeah, and you know, and and you're saying, okay, you put out these videos that are, you know, your, one thing is your boundaries are at this level, and someone else's boundaries are something sure. else. So you, you don't push yourself beyond what you're comfortable with. You don't have right. to reveal every aspect. I mean, there's there's business, there's personal, and there's private. So you decide what's personal and what's private. You decide where that line is. That's right. But you know, you're not forced to tell everything about yourself, but what really bothers me is, okay, I'm going to say positive thinkers, like this whole, oh. I love my life, everything's so wonderful, I'm so blessed, <laughs> it's like, okay, what are you denying, seriously, <laughs> you're right, it no. just comes across like they're not being real, they're not being honest. Let me tell you about positive thinking, what positive thinking will get you if you don't take concerted action in the marketplace, they will come repo your furniture. They will come pull your car out and hook it up to a big truck and take it to Jake's Chop Shop down the street. That's what, I mean, you know, I, I am, you know, the, 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 the whole affirmation thing, I don't have a problem with any of it, but it's these people that honestly buy into the notion that by trying to pound something into your subliminal subconscious or whatever is going to make the money fall from the sky. You have to get in the marketplace, and I hate to break it to everybody, you've got to sell shit people want and preferably shit they can't live without even better. Um, because really, in, you, know, the, the, you know, we talk about the world's oldest profession. Well, it's actually sales. 
We, I mean, we all are selling yeah. something. If you're working at a yeah. job, you're selling your time for somebody else. But you're, you know, you're right. Absolutely. Okay, so let, let, let me clarify here. Because first of all, uh, hopefully no one's going to re- like. We all buy our own furniture now. They can't refill your furniture. However, <laughs> however, okay. Here's here's what I say. Okay, you've got a fence that's rotting and falling apart. And you want a fence there, okay? You want it to actually be a fence and do what a fence is supposed to do. A positive thinker is going to slap a coat of white paint on it and say, look, I fixed it. But yes. they didn't get to the core of the issue. So yes. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with subliminals or subconscious programming. I believe in all that stuff. I mean, yes. I think that's really important. However, it's only part of it, and that you really have to, you have to fix the foundation when you're doing that, not just gloss over the surface. Absolutely. Yeah, no. I mean, again, there has to be – I actually talked to a lady who's – well, it's like a simple concept of, God, I'd like to win the lotto, uh, well, lottery. Well, well, you got to go buy a freaking ticket, lady. I mean, that would be yeah, the first step. Uh, let's, I mean, Let's say that's not the best way to get rich. Yeah, okay. no, I, and, and, and that, no, and I'm being facetious, but you'd be surprised yeah. how many people want to win the lottery, but they don't even buy a ticket, and that's kind of my point about the positive thinking. Do they think the ticket's going to manifest itself with the white right numbers? They haven't even spent the dollar to get it, and I'm using that as an example because there's a lot of people out there that take a lot of this stuff like the secret, and I think they miss and, well, it's misinterpreted to them, and then they misinterpret it them themselves that, that somehow... Everybody, it, everybody yeah. misinterprets the secret. The secret is not yeah. about positive thinking, by the way. The law of yeah. attraction is not about positive thinking. Yeah. The law of attraction is saying that wherever, whatever you're focusing on, that's what you're attracting, mainly because that's what you notice in your life. So right. if you're obsessed with, oh, you know, I really want a new pair of purple shoes, that's what you're going to notice. You're going to notice purple shoes. Now, there's nothing right. positive or negative about that. It is what it is. It, it's neutral, right, it's exactly. It's purple shoes. It's just purple. You know, it's like, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's not about positive or negative. Both yin and yang, both aspects are there. There's always going to be both. And what I'm saying is you need to focus on, if we want to say that suspense being rotten is negative, then you need to focus on fixing that negative before you can gloss it over with positive. Absolutely. A lot of people think that positive thinking, it, they think it's about denying the negative, and that's what really gets to me. It's, it's, it's really what we've been talking about this whole time. It's like yeah. be honest, be authentic, focus on your strengths. Don't be in denial about anything. Don't be in denial about what you have to offer. Don't be in denial about what you are, who you are, or what right. your strengths are. So it's the same thing. And I take it to another level. I actually am very upfront about my weaknesses on my show. And I think that's and why I have – I, I, really, I, I don't have a problem. I mean, I'll tell people that, you know, for years I thought the, the CD-ROM was where I put my drink, my martini. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm really not – I really am tech clueless about things. And, and that's why I have to – you know, I make a lot of people wealthy around me that, uh, that know how to do that stuff. But – or I tell them about my background when I was younger and had run-ins with, you know, run-in with the feds, with, you know, I mean, back 20 years ago. I mean, I keep it, and I think what ends up happening is if you, if you keep, if you don't flip-flop on stuff like, the, you know, typical politician and, and you keep it real, you, you will build, you will, you will turn off some people because you can't please the world as we know, and you, nobody can. But the people that will hang with you will be loyal to you if they if they believe what they're getting is the real deal. And I've always tried because, to keep this yeah, so real. Yeah, it all yeah. boils down to exactly the same thing. It's about being honest and authentic, and that includes 
hey, I'm not so good at this, but I am good at that. In fact, that's why I have clients, because a lot of them will say, hey, you know what, I'm not as good at interviews as you are. I might be better at marketing than you are. I can market the crap out of what you make for me, but I'm not as good at getting the content as you are. So here, Heather, you go get the content, and I'll sell it. And that's, (laughs) you know, half of what I do is a partnership. Sometimes, Sometimes they pay me for the content, sometimes it's a partnership where I hope that you get residual back in money. I can ask you how your pay structure, not that it's any of my business, but I just it, it's interesting because there's a couple ways you could do it. You could get upfront fees, or you could uh, take yeah, or so. take upfront and take a percentage. Yeah, yeah. So if it's a partnership, we usually split it fifty-fifty. And if it's yeah. if they're hiring me as a freelancer, then they I tell them this is what the piece price for content piece is, and they and basically they just pay me that. So, yeah, it goes of course they do. And you know what? Another thing is, I mean, this, this is gonna this is gonna sound uh, like obvious to a lot of people, but I learned it back when I was selling diesel pushers, which are a ridiculous thing to buy, even if you can afford them, three hundred thousand dollar motorhomes. But you gotta. You, you guys got to get into this mindset of where you got to ask for the money at some point, and not, and and boy, that's a problem for some people. If you really are the best in the world at what you do, or you're world class, I'll say that I'll use that instead. Um, if you're world class at what you do, and you have something that is in demand, you've got to be able to step up. Because I know I, I'm going to be honest with you, I've got, and I'm not going to name names because I got a couple even on my team. I'm trying to flip into a new mindset. These guys are rocket scientists. These guys are brilliant, and they undervalue their own services and worth. It's like the typical starving artist. Now, I know why they're serving. I mean, I know painters that could paint some incredible shit, and these guys can't pay their rent because they don't see their own ability, and they're too afraid to get out there and ask for the money. And I don't know if it's you run across a, that in your life. Only, but Yeah, it's not only that they're too afraid. It's with the starving artist mentality, they actually yep. have this belief that, they're selling out if they accept money. Then yeah. it's more artistic. It's more yeah. artistic to create art that that they don't get paid for. In fact, you'll hear musicians saying, "Well, I just create music for myself." It's yeah. like, um, okay, that's musical masturbation. Yeah, absolutely. Don't yeah. just create music for yourself. If it's any good, it's going to touch other people's lives. Why would you not want it to be out there? Why would you not want to accept That's the part money? I don't it's get. Money is a value for value exchange. Your value is music. You're putting that out there. Or your value is art. Or your value is content. Whatever it is. And you're accepting another form of value, another form of energy, which is money in exchange. If everyone's giving, 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 and no one's receiving, 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 the whole thing falls apart. The universe yeah. will collapse. I'm sorry. Somebody has to receive. <laughs> Good God, man. I can't wait. I'm going to come to Vegas and have a drink with you because uh, I, I'm digging this. This is awesome. This is awesome. No, it's so true. I'm, it, 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 it just it, it drives me crazy. I, I've got a guy who had finally guy can paint. He's a, he was a bartender of mine. The guy's great. I finally got him. I said, get, get your, he finally got into the marketplace. Now it's like he's just like in shock because he's, he's in art galleries throughout New York. He's selling his painting. And it, it, it's just like, but I, it's not just artists I see it with. I, I see that starving artist mentality with other people that are just like, I know a guy who could come in and my computer could be blue. If, it, if he was here the other day, I wouldn't have took the baseball bat to it because he could have fixed it. But 
it's like he'll just I, – I, I'm living in a small town here where he could come in and just crush it and make a ton of money because there's very few qualified people that know shit about computers. But it's like – it's more like kind of a hobby thing for him. And it's like I got another guy who is one of those brilliant Internet, you know, same type of deal, and he just doesn't – They, it's like – I, I think they, they're like they're offending God if they ask somebody for money for performing, uh, like you said, providing value. And I don't get it, and I, I just, and it's really frustrating for me because you can't, you know, part of me says, well, you know, I can't change these people. It's not really up to me to do so, but, you know, I can't keep my mouth shut ever anyway. And it's like, dude, man, you could make some fucking money if you would just go out and, I mean, you already got the, the you already got something that's hard to get to begin with. If you got world class talent, anything, and you're just letting it just lie dor- dormant. I mean, I always thought the saddest thing in life was wasted talent, whatever. It is. Right. So this is so this is back to my fence example. I mean, basically, these people are broken fences because they have limiting beliefs that either their parents have told them or they've gotten from society, or they've gotten from church, and usually it's something that's been misinterpreted. Like they'll go around thinking money is the root of all evil, when the actual quote is the love of money is the root of all evil, and what that actually means is like focusing on money to the expense of everything else, which most people don't do, and they go around thinking, well, rich people are greedy, rich people are evil. Okay, wait, look into the prison system. I've been in the prison system, I mean, so I believe yeah, I was like there from 19 to 25. Not, so we, you can talk to somebody people. who's actually been in the prison system. Go for it. Yeah, it's not just rich people who do things that they wish they hadn't done. Yes. Okay? There is nothing saying only rich people do this or only poor people do this. Everyone screws up. Yep. Everyone, everyone can be bad. If that's what we're going to call it, well, everyone can be. Well, I was selling disco sometimes. powder. That was probably bad, yeah. But I didn't yeah. kill nobody or rape nobody or right. molest no kids or anything like that. So, no. But I agree with you. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with whether you were rich or poor at the time. So, so let's take that off the table and not <laughs> say rich people are this, poor people are that. Because the only thing we can say for certain is rich people are better at making money. Yeah. Like, honestly, what else can we say? That's, that's all we can say. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so basically, they need to, if they've got these beliefs that are holding them back, that's where they need to fix the fence, work on those beliefs. And that's what I was saying about I don't have anything against working on subconscious programming. Right. Uh, often that's exactly what it takes. But you need to know what you're dealing with, and you need to know what you're working on. You need to know what the fence is that you're building, whether you have to tear down the whole damn fence and start again or whether right. you can repair what you have. I mean, take stock, figure out where you're at, and get rid of what's not serving you, which in this case, in your example, is the belief that somehow money is wrong. How, how does that serve anybody? No, it, it, well, no, it doesn't. Like I said, uh, you, you know, no. It, I mean, I've already given the cliche, they'll come take your furniture away, and you, you'll still be sitting there waiting for it to drop from the sky. But uh, let, me add, let me switch gears just a little bit. We still got a, a, a we still got a little time. Um, what what do you say? Because I got a lot of people that are who, who like I said want to get online and do stuff. What 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 is kind of and I know you can't do it. And sh- I'm not trying to you know I know I know it could probably take a seminar or something. But somebody's got something that's marketable. They've got some. Uh, 
they've got knowledge and they got that balance that we talked about earlier, which I thought was really well stated uh, between the passion and the knowledge and the content. How would you advise them maybe to to get started, basically using some of the 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 tools that you use now again a lot of my people are marketers but that's okay because a lot of them might need actually would be well advised to maybe take a step backwards and do a lot of what you're doing so in that in yeah, that context okay. so, so basically I mean like I said at the beginning there's nothing to market there's nothing to sell if there's no mm-hmm. content even if you're an affiliate marketer and you're only promoting other people's stuff okay. You can still create content that's going to support. There's plenty of people that I have interviewed who have blogs full of reviews, full of articles, full right. of video content, full of audio content about these products that they're promoting. That's a really good point. Ones, that's a great point. More money because like people people want the content. Like that is what the audience is after. They don't want to just be told, go click this, go buy that. They want they want reviews. Why do you think Amazon does so well with the reviews? If I'm going to buy something, if I'm going to buy a new piece of electronics, I go yep. to Amazon and I read the reviews. If, yep. I get, if I get two star reviews all the way down, I'm not going to buy it. Yep. And yep. that a review is content. So it's people being honest. It's people saying, "This is my experience." Now, sure, a lot of there might a be lot of the review sites are shill sites, as we know. As we know, yeah. let's be, be honest, a lot Amazon, of the affiliate Amazon. sites are shell sites. They're yeah. bullshit. They're, they're going to review, you know. But I'm saying taking what However, you just said again, and doing it on a legitimate totally, level would be yeah. great. And if, it's, and if it's totally bullshit, again, people see through that. I'm sorry, yep. they just do. It's, they do, you can yeah. Smell it, you can smell it a mile away. When it's, when it's a bullshit review and the whole site is just, you know, this is wonderful, I love this, it, it's not going to work. But so the point is, okay, so figure out how can I add content to what I'm doing? How is content going to make what I'm doing better? And then you figure out, okay, am I better at writing articles? Am I better at creating audio content? Am I better at creating video content? I mean, I know a ton of people who are doing a killing doing YouTube marketing where they will, yep. if they're promoting a product, like let's say they're an affiliate, they're promoting a product, and they will do videos about here I am using this product. Here's what results I got when I used this product. Hey, look, here I am living a lifestyle that this product lets me have. And then at the end, go to my website, opt in, get a free whatever they're giving. And, you know, it's basic content marketing. That's what it is. I'm going to mention something about YouTube that's so powerful. You know, they always talk about the, the, you know, a lot of the savvy marketers I've talked to said, you know, you got to be on page one, and then it starts dropping your number of response of one, two, three. But I'm going to tell you something I have found, um, and I am a master getting YouTube videos ranked. I right now got 156 on page one, and they're for local businesses. They're just video testimonials. I have a little trick I do. I don't even tell the company I'm doing it. That way I'm not under obligation or pressure. I use Danny, who's an attractive girl, and she does a you know Best of Florida award winner for this dentist. We get him on page one, and then basically I, I hit him up for the money, and if he doesn't want to pay, I take the video down, which happens maybe 10% of the time. It's a closing ratio. It's outstanding. But I will say this about videos. They stand out like a neon sign. They could be like the seventh spot, but if you look at a page and there's only one video, people see that. And, and, and that's, that's really something – I'm glad you brought that up, that people should really and – and let me tell you something. I just use a ghetto-style camera. It's herky-jerky, and it works better. I've always said that 
the style of videos that I do seem to be more effective than these real slick, polished, uh, studio, you know, Steven Spielberg productions because they just they don't smack of the salesmanship and the hype, and they they just they're they're more straightforward. But I think, I'm gonna I'm gonna say actually that that's just my experience. Yeah, and that's for what I'm doing. Five years ago, yes, absolutely. I think you're a little old school on that because I mean, there's people like Andy Jenkins and Mike Phil Sam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gorgeous videos. Yes, yes. That I don't think the shaky cam works anymore. I don't think the this is gorilla. It's so bad. I don't even think the Frank Kern. I'm driving in my car. Stuff works anymore. It just no. No, I don't do that type of stuff. People yeah. expect more now. You're competing with, like you said, the barrier to entry is so low. You're competing with not what five years ago, ten years ago. You're not competing with thousands of other. You're competing with hundreds of thousands of other people putting out yep. content. It's got to be good. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. Yes. If you want to stand out and you want to be as effective as you can. Well, I think it's my girl that's what, good. What, I, I'm getting the ago, feeling right? that it's not my great production value. It's probably just the girl I have in the video that works. Uh, right. You're probably and right you about that. that same girl. I use her in all my videos. (laughs) No, I guarantee you, if you increase the production value and did everything else the same, the content's the same, but the production values have increased, you're going to make more money. I guarantee it. Really? There's no way. There's absolutely no way that putting a good-looking girl in a shaky cam, badly lit... Well, I didn't mean to say it was that bad. I'm just saying that I do... Yeah, come on. In my video, I got it. I'm I'm on page one for 156. They can't all suck. But you're right. And it would be, it, you'd, be, you'd be higher up the page with better production value. I pretty much guarantee that. In fact, I'd love to see an experiment. I want to see a split test that. Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to now have to okay. go out and spend more money. Heather just cost me money because now I'm going to have to go out and bring <laughs> no, in a no, crew. No, just, <laughs> but you might I'm make me it. money. You might make me money. So, yeah. I might. No. I might. No, I think that's a good <laughs> <laughs> get a code of GIA, they're 150 bucks, or get a, a Logitech C920, the 75 bucks. Both of them HD, both of them take good quality video. You get a little $25 dimmable LED light, and you just, that's it. it, it you don't have to spend thousands of dollars to get good quality anymore. That's the whole point. That's why, well, no, I agree. That's why I the totally agree with that. Yeah, so I totally agree with you on that. doesn't fly anymore because it's like, it's like what the hell? Like, he doesn't even have 10 bucks to spend on a better camera. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it used to be that, okay, yeah, I understand he doesn't have thousands of dollars to spend. That's cool. I can relate to this guy. But these days, that, that's out the window because people are saying, well, I can shoot better stuff than that. What, what's wrong with him that he can't even spend $100 on a camera? Exactly. No, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. I, I, I've managed to pull it off. I'm not recommending it for everybody. And right now, you've got my girlfriend off her seven-year uh, Prozac uh, leave of absence. So she's depressed. But that's okay. She'll get over it. Or I'll go find uh, a new one. I'll find a new no, one. So, you know, get over it, Danny. I know you're listening. I know you're listening, Danny. Get over it. Don't pop the Prozac. You'll be all right, girl. We just, we're going to upgrade. I didn't say take her out. I said keep her in. I think no, I am, no, I am keeping her in. No. I, I totally no. don't. I, I totally yeah. get you. No, yeah, and I, I think mean, everything you're saying, I think what you're saying about the affiliate thing is, is the trend, I, I think, is, is, is becoming very effective. And I'm not doing affiliate marketing, but I think what you said is, is real true in terms of 
video testimonials about you know regarding affiliate products and stuff, and it can be physical products, whatever it is. I'm I think it's it the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Because, like obviously a marketer who has their own product doesn't need to be told about content, but it's the affiliate right. marketers who tend to think, well, I don't even have a product. Why would I create content? And I'm saying, look, even you will yeah. probably do better if you have content. I think that's one of the real, real one of the best things you actually said um, was a lot of people, and I'll just use ClickBank as an example. Think, wow, this is easy because they've already done all the hard work. All I got to do is just direct link to the friggin' thing. And I think you're totally right. I think that's the lazy approach. And if you actually put content around a affiliate offer that has good content, now you're actually stepping it up to a whole new level. And, yeah. um, I, and and a lot of people just think, oh, I don't have to, that's why I want affiliate market, because I'm just going to direct link to this ClickBank page and sales are going to roll in. And I, I and that's a recipe for disaster, because there's, there's people that aren't lazy, they're going to out-hustle your ass on that, and you're totally right on that. That was a good, that I, I totally agree with. Shaky camera, uh, I'm not sure, we'll see. <laughs> well, I love somebody thing. saying that to me, though. God, everybody's so nice to me on my show, so I love it. <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, if you're doing it for an artistic reason, like the old Hill Street Blues shaky cam, okay, that was done for a reason. But if you're just doing shaky cam because, well, I can't be bothered to actually do this properly, I guess people are going to see through that. They're going to feel like no, they, I, I understand. I'll have to send you some of my videos to critique. You, you, you'll, <laughs> I don't want to get off subject <laughs> on the videos. I think you're right. I, I, I would tell people to listen to Heather. Like I said, what, what Vince does and what the rest of the population does is a lot, lot different. And, and most of what I do, I'm not sure everybody else. Somehow some things I do just seem to work for me, and, and, and I certainly would not always recommend them for other people. So there's Yeah, and, and I'm yeah. telling you that, I mean, okay, I've been interviewing people on Internet marketing stuff for years, like for almost 10 years, and yes, there was a time when I would ask them about this crappy video style, and they would say, okay, this is what works, and this is why it works. And five right. years ago, I said, okay, all right, I get it. That makes sense. Now, it doesn't. It's not the same argument anymore. You've got to change with the time. Okay, well, I got to tell her put the razor blade down, Danielle. Put the razor blade down. What is this? What? I don't even understand what this has to do with. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's an inside joke. It's an inside okay. joke. We're just having fun. No, it's nothing on you at all. No, no, no. What you're saying actually makes sense. And um, no, it's 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 actually. I I I think the thing you just. I really hard back to the affiliate marketing part of it because I think what you say. I, I see so much laziness with the affiliate marketing and, and the mindset, and I think what you said is, is so true. You can build some stellar content around that and, and, and up the game and up your conversion and for here's sure. And here's another bonus. We were talking before about mm-hmm. there being so much content because the barrier to entry is so low, competing right. with a lot of people. Affiliates yep. are always competing with other affiliates. They're competing yep. with hundreds of people promoting the same thing. So how do you stand out from the crowd? You create your own unique content. Bingo. Yeah, it, it totally, and, it, and that comes down to positioning. That's positioning, and I've tre- preached that on the show for five years. I mean, that that is classic positioning, exactly. I mean, I mean, we're in total agreement on that. I think that's cool. Let me ask you this: What if some? I mean, if anybody ever wants to get a hold of Heather, and and obviously Heather knows her shit. Boy, you kept me on my toes. 
Um, you're you're really really you really are you are you're awesome. I'm serious. I really enjoy. I had I actually some interviews I just do and then it's like oh you know this I really really had fun and enjoyed it because you know your shit. I know you do and I and I've been around long enough to at least so know when even, somebody. We didn't even talk about how to get good interviews. I mean, like, well, we, well, we, we can. Well, I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I know you're good because we didn't even get into that. But if you want, you got you got another ten or twelve minutes. What else do you want to talk about? Get a, hit me on another subject. Bring something else okay, up. Well, I, this. Okay. So first of all, you asked me about unwrap, but we never actually got to answer that. Go so, ahead. So basically, my branding ever since I did ever since the first time I went online, which was in the late '90s. A lot of the branding was revolving around Unwrapped. So I had a show that was called Faith TV, but the byline was Showbiz Unwrapped. And so, and I had a lot of domain names around Unwrapped because it was like this concept of peeling back the layers of the onion and let's see what's behind this. Let's see what the truth is. Let's see, you know, how to be a success. Let's see how to do something great by peeling back the layers of the onion. So when I came back to the Internet the second time around, which was around 2005, I think, that's when it's like, okay, I really like the unwrapped because at the time everyone was doing everything unleashed. Unleashed, yeah, 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 you're right. And I'm like, okay, great, unleashed, but unwrapped has like this really unique concept. And also what I did, like, I really like the double entendre. So when I was interviewing Internet marketers for my teleseminar series, it would be like, hey, I'm unwrapping Armin Lauren tonight. I'm unwrapping Mark Joyner. And, you know, it became kind of the same That's very thing. cool, actually. I, like, yeah. I, I see, you know, that is cool. That is different. Yeah, so, like, basically what I say is, okay, anyone can interview experts, but only I unwrap them. So, yeah. you know, the marketers that have been around a long time, like, they they joke about it too. It's like I call them up. Hey, I got I got another interview to do with you for you know this other client. Oh, you're gonna unwrap me again? Yeah. And you know they have a lot of fun with it. So. And you brand so it's kind of your and and it becomes your little brand and 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 yeah. and when whenever you can do that, I mean, there's nothing but positive that can come from that. That's that's really cool. Because yeah, you're right. Yeah. I wanted to get back to that. I'm glad you answered that because I would have been kicking myself with the ass or I'd probably be <laughs> PMing you later. Yeah, I hate hanging like you know when it's been put out there and then you just no i and that's why well you're the pro you're the pro so if i left anything else hanging out there you cover it up i mean make sure you cover cover my ass for me because uh um, (laughs) (laughs) for sure um what else was i going to ask you what what about people that are contacting you or anything like that throw some uh you know i because i'll put links to your sites and all that stuff up on your bio when i feature the uh Put the put the you know after the show concludes and stuff. But if somebody wants to get a hold of you or okay, and no so no guys, not just to look at her picture. I'm talking about serious people <laughs> out here. On Facebook, it's facebook.com/unwrapper. Unwrapper, okay. Yeah, U N W R A P P E R, and and my website is theunwrapper.com. So the and then U-N-W-R-A-P-T-E-R. And you'll see contact, contact links there. There will also link to my blog. So 
basically you can see pretty much everything I do. You can contact me there. And yeah, actually, Heather, know. when we're done with the show, will you PM me though, so I can update the uh, because I'll have we'll have probably a couple thousand people that will archive this through the week, and that way I can have that up there for you because I I know yeah. when I got the bio I didn't get that, and that was my bad. I should have asked for that. I for of course the first thing Vinny asked for was the picture. I think no, actually I didn't. I said no, you didn't. I got the bio yeah, first. Okay. The bio. <laughs> I did, yeah, I know, that threw you for a loop, didn't it? That threw you for a loop. No, the picture is like, I think that's probably why the the good girlfriend's pissed off right now and stormed out the door more because of the picture than anything else. She'll get over it. Like I said, if not, I'll go buy another one. So it's okay. 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 (laughs) We we always have fun with Danny on the show. It's, It's an inside thing we do on the show. It's all good. But hey, you know what? This is uh, this has really been badass content. Actually, I'm using a phrase from I'm actually putting uh, integrating content into the line. This has been badass content. It's really yeah. been good stuff, and you know your stuff. And I'm really like, Vinny's almost intimidated, and I don't get that way very often. This, this was great stuff, and I appreciate you doing it because I know you I know you work with some heavyweight people, and I know this show's kind of scary if you've heard some of mine, so I didn't want you to think we were going to sandbag you or do anything crazy like that, and, and, and I hope that. You know what? That, like, you can't, you can't, yeah. Uh, no, I, that's never my intention. I can't yeah, my reputation <laughs> kind of is bad and in some cases. Somebody's, oh, you get on that show, and but I've never done that to anybody, so and I, I, I was... I was glad that you actually took me up on it because actually caught some of your stuff, and I said she actually is. This is you were you were a guest that I wanted to have on just because of the subject matter because you just based on the resume alone, it was like Jesus. I mean, I could do three shows with you, and we wouldn't even cover everything. But um, yeah. it was great to be able to 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 run through all this stuff tonight. So. Do you got any final parting words before I say my goodbyes to all the peeps out there? And we had a lot of live listeners. I'm sorry, guys, if I didn't answer. But like I said, if there's like a 612 number up there, generally Vinny gets shaken down for money from an ex or I'm told I'm the father of a child even though I haven't seen the girl in 20 years or all these bad things happen. <laughs> all these bad things happen when I pick phones up. Or the IRS says uh, we, you still owe for 2004, which I've been paying off since 2002. So figure the math on that. But um, – I, I really appreciate it. I mean, this was good stuff, and um, I hope we can converse. And seriously, I hope I get I get this restaurant solo. Come down there. I will buy you a drink in Vegas. Um, I actually have a consult down there sometime in January, so I hope to to meet you down there at some point. It would be great. Yeah, for sure. That would be awesome. And I appreciate so, it very yeah. much. So I appreciate yeah, it. Go out there, create content. See see what you have to offer. Again, play on your strengths. Admit your weaknesses, sure. I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that that makes people like you. It makes people realize that you're human. That's cool. But if you have a strength, if you have a talent, if you have a gift, if you have a skill that you've developed, go for it. Highlight that and find the balance between passion and profit and create content that works for you. Man, you got to write that down in the PDF for me. That's that's good shit right there. That's great. <laughs> I, I can't top that, so I'll just do my famous clothes. I, guys, as always, I appreciate you tuning in. Um, again, the syndicated show, I want to thank my uh, licensee agent, Bruce Savani. I mean, the guy just rocked it. And, guys, everybody's Bob Barter Arbitrage. Thank you so much. It's, like I said, the top-selling course of all time. Um, and it just keeps surpassing it, and it just keeps selling it. I appreciate everybody who supported me on my final Internet product ever. As you all know, Vinny doesn't have much love for the industry anymore, and I'm interested in doing the speeching and 
the speeching, the sp- oh Jesus, speaking and doing the coaching. So, well, I, that just cost me my first probably booking. Anyway, um, as <laughs> always, may you, <laughs> say Heather, much love to you. Um, as everybody, may you live to see the dawn. May all your dreams come true. And as always, stay forever young and always stay legendary. Good night. God bless Heather. Thank you. It was an honor. Truly, it was. Thank you. Peace. Thank Peace, you. Peace, girl. Bye. Peace.